And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Everybody's on the clock down in Dallas. Yeah. Everybody, and that includes the head coach. I don't know how Jerry Jones can sit there right now and watch the Cowboys with Mike McCarthy and feel good about them when he's watching what's happening in Washington with Ron Rivera or in New York with Joe Judge. I got some numbers to kind of frame into exactly what the Cowboys are right now. I want to get them right. They're 31st in point margin. That's only ahead of the New York Jets. They're 31st in efficiency. They're only ahead of the New York Jets. They're 31st in turnover margin. They're only ahead of the Denver Broncos. How is Mike McCarthy still feeling good about his job, and how does Jerry Jones still feel good about his job? Also, do we re-sign Dak Prescott? Does Dak Prescott want to re-sign there? Listen, everybody in Dallas is on the clock right now. Can I interject something? Yes, you can. Um, Drop this little little mini bomb on uh, NFL Live Wednesday. Dak Prescott should want out of Dallas. All right, and yeah. I've, been, I've been holding out and saying that. I've been thinking about where they did offer him a contract and all of that. Dak Prescott should want to find a new spot to play football. Um, th- not only the, the disrespectful nature of what's been transpiring, but you look at this. Th- what about this franchise tell y'all they're going to go in the right direction right. in the next two years? Like, what, what, what is what, – what, how long – does Dak Prescott want to be subjected to being in a position? First of all, you got a quarterback that that we all see now worldwide that was the only living pulse that you had as a football team before he got injured. And the biggest indictment is you don't have a choice now but to look like you look. So hmm. that should want to go somewhere well, else. Hey, Marcus, uh, we're, we got to go real quick here, but I have a feeling we're, we've just scratched the surface on this topic. Right. It, it, off yeah. the top of your head, where would he go? Where would Dak want to go? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, it's a team on the West Coast with a coach named Kyle Shanahan Ooh. and a GM named John Lynch. Well, 49ers action. love to have that right. Prescott running that offense. All right. San Francisco 49 Yeah. The only thing I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys indeed? All right, it's been a while, Cowboys fans. The 2021 NFL season is officially over for the league. Just like everybody expected at this time last year, Tom Brady would win a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks and destroy the Chiefs. This is a league where anything can happen, and I think that's what we're going to talk about today. Should Dak want to stay in Dallas? It's a big question. We know the Cowboys want Dak to stay in Dallas, but should Dak want to stay in Dallas? We'll be answering and asking that question today. Of course, we'll be talking about Drew Pearson getting into the Hall of Fame and more. So, welcome on in. To about them Cowboys. I'm Kent Garrison producing. As always, we know it's been a while. There's a lot to catch up on and we shall do so with the best of the best. But first, I want to remind you to subscribe to The Athletic because all the off-season coverage, all the draft coverage you're ever going to want, including Dane Brugler's draft guide, is included in that. So right now, the deal is $3.99 per month at theathletic.com slash about them Cowboys. It's $3.99 per month 
at theathletic.com slash aboutthemcowboys. So cash that in, sign up, and follow us along on this crazy journey of the offseason. But now, let's welcome in this panel first. He's a writer of the Dallas Stars for the Athletic, but he's a talker of the Cowboys for Ticket Radio. It's Saad Youssef, and we're welcoming in uh, Father John Mashoda and Kevin K.T. Turner, the Bash Brothers. Welcome back, guys. It's been a long time. Kevin, good to talk to you, man. Yeah, thanks Thanks uh, very much, Kent. Appreciate it. It's only been like a couple weeks, but it feels like forever, guys. Yeah, it feels uh, like nine years. Uh, I wasn't actually uh, farting around in some Reddit thread, and some guy found me and asked me, hey, are you guys doing off-season stuff? He's like, yeah, we'll be around in the off-season. Maybe not as regular, but we'll be around as we gear up for the draft with the Cowboys having a top-10 pick. I uh, really wish the Cowboys would have won a Super Bowl. That would have been much better, but they didn't. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did that. Uh, somehow Tom Brady and the crew got it done. The Buccaneers defensive line and Jason Pierre-Paul and the gang all finding a way to get it done. Um, I was actually, the game wasn't as good. Like I was more into the halftime show and uh, like, uh, you know, just the whole, all of it, you know, the whole event all of it because yeah. the game wasn't good. That was a disappointing thing. I thought we were going to get a close game. What'd you guys think? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on the game. I wish it was closer. I thought the Chiefs would have made it more of a game in the second half, but that defense just just put the clamps down on on Patrick Mahomes. He couldn't he couldn't do anything. That offensive line was was um, you know perforated to say the least. But I'm with you, man. That halftime show was awesome. Like I saw, I saw some hate. I can't believe I saw hate on Twitter. I mean, like, come on, guys. What are we What do we want? I don't. I don't understand what we Some, what something. our bar is for for halftime shows. Like good songs, entertaining dancing, like interesting lighting, like cool setup. Like I thought it was everything you'd want in a halftime show. But hey, I don't that know, was that busy. was everything that you'd want. Yeah, the, we, the weekend. The weekend was everything you wanted, huh? For the half, the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I mean, I can't. I can't think of like five artists that are bigger than the weekend right now. Yeah, I can think of five artists that would have like done a more entertaining performance. It was fine. I'm not. I'm not gonna bash it and say it was like awful, but it's just fine. It was very forgettable. When after it's over, you start thinking to yourself, okay, so where would this rank with like other Super Bowl halftime shows that you've seen? I don't think that it's anywhere near the top. I think it's pretty forgettable. Am I wrong? No, I think. Oh, I, no. I, I, I think. I think it was just somewhere right, right there in the middle. I, I think I. I enjoyed it while it was happening, but it's not one that like I'm gonna go back on YouTube and and rewatch <laughs> it and things like that. So I I mean the one that I really enjoyed like was the Coldplay one, uh, Super Bowl Fifty. Not not because of Coldplay, but because Bruno and Beyonce were on the stage at the same time, and I love I I just love that one. That was probably one of my favorite ones, and of course Prince as well. So you know I think those were those were the ones that I go back and watch probably the most. The Maroon Five one a few years ago. That I barely yeah. forgot about that one already. That one was, that yeah. one was that one was awful. Um, Shakira last year already forgot about that. I, I, yeah. I don't know. I think this one's gonna this one's gonna be um, sticking my. I've got that that the damn Blinding Lights song stuck in my head all for twelve <laughs> straight hours. I mean, like it's. Oh, I think he's got a lot of good music. I don't know if it's the best for a Super Bowl halftime show. That's just the way I feel about oh, it. Oh no, I mean they they. It's just the way it is now. I mean, like, like Lady Gaga's music, even though Lady Gaga, you don't think of Lady Gaga with like football, like her performance is like a lot better than. Well, here's the thing. Here's the, the number weekend. one. The number one artist for that would be Taylor Swift, but they can't get her because she's with Coca Cola. So they're not going to let her do a Pepsi halftime show. It's just not going to happen. And so, like, 
once you go down the list of who can we get, you only yeah, can no, go so it was, far. It was fine. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it was awful. I just think it's fine. I just don't think it's like anything special. Who would you have rather had, John? Like, if you were like, man, if this would have been blank, this would have been. Oh well, I, I'll tell you this. Like Taylor Swift's a good one, but I think that it has to be more than one person. I just don't know that there's any musical acts right now. Like, because I'm, I like, I think if you're talking about like a lot of good songs that, and I know this might not fit with the older crowd, I would love to see Drake involved because Drake has just the most bangers of anybody over the last ten years, as far as I'm concerned. And I just think he has a ton of hits that he would be good. But I know that he, if he was just the only person, it wouldn't be enough because there's not going to be the dancing and like the, the whole show of it. So you'd have to probably have like maybe Drake and Rihanna. But see, uh, I think I, I, I totally agree. I was going to say Drake as well. I think if Drake and Bruno did something together, that would be absolutely amazing. Cause I think Bruno, Bruno is probably one, like I, I'm, I'm not a, like, I, I like his music too. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just think Bruno is one of the best performers that we have. When, when John is talking about the dancing and the performing and stuff, Bruno Mars is absolutely amazing uh, at, at yeah. doing all that. Here we go, KT. Here's for you. Uh, before uh-huh. I, This is for you. The Killers. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, let's go. The Killers would be, would be great for that, but I just think their time has kind of passed. And I, know I think they're at the point where they're like a classic rock band. It's like when, when you know, yeah. they brought the Rolling Stones in to do it. It's like Guys, it's going to be play all hits from 20 years ago that people love. I think that'd be incredible. Because the Cowboys weren't in the Super Bowl, I wasn't exactly like gearing up and watching a lot of Bucks and Chiefs tape and like, you know, really trying to find the keys to the game, you know? Um, I watched halftime shows of the past all weekend long, and I did them all pretty much. Pretty much anyone that you can find on YouTube. And if anyone thinks anything from the past eight years has sucked, then they didn't. They don't remember what what it was like in the 2000s when <laughs> AOL, Sprint, Bridgestone, and Nextel was your presenting sponsor at times. Like, I like the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones one is almost inaudible because yeah. the guitar is crammed up too loud in your ear. Um, like, and, and then they did the whole thing where, you know, once they had the nip slip, they had to go to Safe Axe, so they let's do Classic Axe. And looking back, I'm glad those Classic yeah. Like, yeah, I'm glad like they like and the Prince one was great, right? And I'm glad that Tom Petty got a chance to do it, but Tom Petty wasn't exactly beaming with energy. He was really old and standing there. And I want to say something too. If you think anything was bad about last night, let me just tell you about the most awkward one. Two thousand and three, where it was Shania Twain into No Doubt into Sting. Shania <laughs> Twain is lip sneaking, which is fine, big stadium, whatever. No Doubt comes out, and they are pretending to be hardcore punk rockers and are running around. And then Sting stands in one spot. Like, there was an X marked there, and it's like, Sting, you can't leave this X, okay? He stood there. He did not make one movement. A mannequin would have shown more energy to the crowd than Sting did. And I like Sting. I'm just saying. Nothing gets gets a crowd hyped more than every breath you take. I mean, that is just a – it just gets you super hyped for football. Message in a bottle is actually what it was, and oh. it went on forever. But what, but what I'll say is, like, now social media is like everyone's going to have a hot opinion on something. Guess what, guys? It's all pretty good. All of it is pretty good. We don't have to be extremist. Stay down the middle here. You know what? That's what I'm saying. I, I couldn't believe we got. I got on Twitter, and it was just solid hate. I'm like, just because it's a Super Bowl halftime show means there's 
people are going to hate on it. I mean, that's just the way it is. It doesn't matter how good or good the songs are, how popular the artist is worldwide or, or anything. It's just like people are going to, are going to hate to hate and that's fine. But I thought, I thought it was a, an above average, uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. One thing no one can hate on is Drew Pearson is in the hall of fame guys. How about that? Finally, after a long wait, the news came down yesterday. Drew Pearson got the call, and he is in the Hall of Fame. Um, it's very uh, a difficult thing to comment on, I guess, uh, for me, because I was born in 1988, and his career ended in 1983. And I know we're all here on this panel probably the, the same way there. Um, but you're looking back at like era-adjusted numbers and things like that, definitely a deserving uh, uh, candidate. Like you'd you'd, you'd be hard pressed to find guys who in 1975 would have eight touchdown catches, like they just weren't throwing the ball around like that back then. So uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on uh, Drew Pearson uh, being in, and then we'll move on to some Dak stuff. Yeah, when I I don't know, it's just one of those things where I think the thing that stands out most to me when I think of Drew Pearson getting in the Hall of Fame is that I don't know of anybody in any sport with any Hall of Fame that has wanted it as bad as him and has made it as known as him. Um, just the cameras catching his reaction last year when he didn't get in, that's just stuff where you just don't see that. And so I, I just feel like it was really obvious that how badly he wanted it. And so I thought it was really cool the way they set it up with, uh, you know, Jerry Jones had, had called Drew and said that they had like a business meeting that they wanted to talk about. Drew thought it might've been real estate related out at the star and that, you know, Roger Staubach was going to be there too. And I, the way they executed it and then had David Baker knock on the door and all that, because it's you're obviously going to be limited with what you can do during a pandemic. And so uh, the way they were able to do that, I thought it was awesome. And he's just a guy that you're just happy for him because you know he wanted it so bad. And and I'm sure everybody that gets in the Hall of Fame wanted to be in the Hall of Fame. But if you were somehow able to rank it from guys that wanted to be in it the most, I think Drew Pearson would be in that category. He wanted this badly. And so, uh, you know, you got to be happy for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw you saw the way John Lynch kind of got it. And, and I think that's the reaction that, like, you know, most people kind of had was like, hey, you know, if I get in, like, that's cool. That's great. But I'm not like I'm not I'm not dying on this hill for it. And so I think that's why I, I agree with John that as well. But also, you know, to, to talk about his merits and getting in, I will say I, I obviously agree with KT. We can't speak to it because of uh, we can't speak to it in a certain way because of our age and and that limitation but when you look at his production when you look at where he was on the all decade team he was like the only guy the only receiver or the the only person I think not to be in the hall of fame that was on the all decade team and then also you look at his production his role in, in in the Super Bowls and then also you look at the fact that you can't really write NFL history without him and I think when you're really productive and you have the you have like Hail Mary on on your resume, then I think you obviously deserve it. So I'm happy for him that he got in. So you're saying, Saad, that it probably wouldn't be in his best interest if they ran his highlights right next to Calvin Johnson's, <laughs> considering he just got in this class. Dude, if you if the the other thing is whenever Drew Pearson highlights come on, it's like because of how much catch, non-catch, pass interference, and all this yeah. stuff, I'm just like, I'm just like, none of this would even, none of this would pass yeah. in today's NFL. You know, when I looked at his numbers too, there's one thing that I I thought about that was kind of important. Like he ended his career at 32, 
And like the car crash that ended his career, like like it's who's to say he didn't have three or four, five more years left. Right. Like that that's a that's a thing you have to like look at. And I know like because there are some things you might look at with his numbers and and sometimes you have to like throw in longevity as a as a uh, part of the criteria. And I'm just like, man, do we do you rule out that a freak car injury ruined his career? I mean, I think that kind of plays into it. Because he had the third most catches or fourth most catches he'd ever had in his career. He had a pretty solid 47 catch season in 1983. You know, it is ridiculous, too, that he had two 1,000 yard seasons in that era. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot to say about that type of stuff. And yeah, you can say he had a good quarterback and all that stuff, too. And Danny White was a good quarterback in his own right. But like, he was still a productive player. Kind of at the end, so I, I I think that's something I always always keep in mind. But you know, I don't I don't know. I, I guess certain people probably view this differently. I'm sure as you get older too, and and more uh, removed from the game. Not that Drew's terribly removed from the game; he's still involved in a number of uh, functions and things like that. You probably do start going, man. What is my legacy and things like that? So I'm just just real happy for him. I, I'm, we've all known Drew uh, for a long time, um, so. Uh, it's good to see you know classic cowboy uh, getting the mix there. Who's well, the um, to, well, well, real quick on Sad's okay. point about the you know some of those catches and things like that when you watch the replays of, of the nowadays stuff and it would never hold up now. That is absolutely so true. I think about that all the yeah. time comparing to old receivers. But I'll tell you one thing that would look pretty foolish if you could go back in time and show them what was being called today in the NFL. And it would probably be a lot of those plays that were getting flagged in the secondary yesterday in the Super Bowl. Oh like that gosh. stuff was not getting called in Drew Pearson's day. The, the they didn't protect the quarterbacks back then either. Right. Roger was getting destroyed in the pocket during those times and they were still putting up those numbers. There was no oh you touch him above the shoulders it's a penalty kind of thing. No. None of that. It was football. So like it's even more more impressive to to put up those numbers and and yeah, I think the more of those guys you know, back in the day that we can, we can put in, I think the better, I think that, I think that um, we need to preserve the legacy of the NFL as much as we can and, and appreciate that those guys really helped build the league and make it what it is. And and Drew Pearson made America's team, America's team back in the day without him, we might not have uh, the Cowboys dynasty. So that's, that's all great. But who, who do you think should get in next Cowboys uh, players? Because when John Lynch got in this year, it made me honestly angry because, you know, I think Darren Woodson, by all accounts, is a better player, has better stats, all whatever you want to say, than John Lynch. John Lynch played for 15 years, played three more seasons than Darren Woodson, and barely is crossing him in some, ta- in some you know, like ta- categories like total tackles and things like that. But like in terms of interceptions, uh, tackles for loss, things like that, Darren Woodson was a better player than John Lynch. Um, and so, you know, maybe, maybe the recency bias of, Oh, he took a team to the Super Bowl as a GM. Uh, we, we understand his contribution contribution to the game as a broadcaster, things like that help him get in. But, um, Darren Woodson should be next in line if John Lynch is in the hall of fame. Well, I think, I, I think one thing, one thing there is just the Cowboys, the Cowboys part of this, right? Because, because like Harold Carmichael got in for the Eagles, what, what was that last year? Um, but Drew didn't, and the reason why is because Jimmy Johnson got in. So you weren't going to put Jimmy Johnson and Drew Pearson in, um, have have multiple Cowboys. And I think that's the thing you saw 
We've seen Jimmy Johnson get in. We've seen Jerry Jones get in in recent years. And so I think the fact that so many Cowboys are getting in uh, kind of hurts it. Because, look, I mean, is Darren Woodson going to get in next year? I mean, I doubt it because DeMarcus Ware's going to go in. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, that well, again, I mean, the Steel- it's multiple Steelers this year, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I, but I, I don't yeah, know. I, I wish they were more stuff. consistent if, like, two teams can't get in. I mean, it just feels... I don't know. It's like more about a name a name popularity contest than it is like, <laughs> let's look at the stats and see how good these guys were and see who's the most deserving to be in. You know, it, that that it's almost like a Pro Bowl vote or something. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Darren Woodson's got that chance to get in late in his career, like you know, kind of yeah. like Drew Pearson. You know, that's kind of I think that's what we're kind of looking at, and I think it's gonna be like that for a lot of safeties. I mean, John Lynch is. Just a little more out there, you know. He's jumping on, you know, Fox broadcast and stuff, you know. And then obviously the GM. I oh, know that's not supposed to to come into account, but you know, Woodson was on ESPN for a long time as well. So it's not like he wasn't out there. But uh, I, I think it's a good point you make, though. Darren Woodson definitely a guy that's deserving, and and Sod said said it best right there. I mean, your two Cowboys that are up next year, Romo and Demarcus Ware. I know I don't really think Romo's going to get in. Maybe Romo eventually gets in as a you know contributor or something because of years of broadcasting combined with playing. Um, but I think Demarcus Ware is your, I mean, shoe man. He he will be him and probably Anquan Bolden. I feel like are probably I'm trying to think who else is up next year. They're probably your guys who are like, yep, they're in no matter what. Yeah, Charles. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's Devin Hester is up as well. Um, yeah, it's funny because Mike Sando. Uh, works for the Athletic, our senior NFL writer. He's a voter on the uh, for the Hall of Fame, and he we briefly touched on this on a little breaking news podcast over the weekend. And I suggest everybody that listens to this to listen to the Football GM Pod with him and uh, Randy Mueller, former GM. They they talk a lot of front office and things like this. But um, he said when they were talking about Peyton Manning that the only the the other shortest conversation they've ever had was Emmett Smith <laughs> was like. When Emmett Smith's name came up, they were just like, um, he, he uh, has the most yards of anybody. All right, yeah, yeah. next. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> and they said that with Peyton. It was just like, they were on a Zoom and it was just like, is anybody going to say no? No? Okay. All right. Moving on. You know, because it was just like 100% yes for everybody. Um, but that, yeah. that struck me uh, that the only other time in the history of the, of the uh, Hall of Fame that there was such an immediate induction was Emmett Smith. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. We're going to spend some time filibustering over these other guys, so let's just uh, move it along with, he's good, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, moving on to Dak, though. A report did come out yesterday from uh, Ian Rappaport and, of course, everyone's best friend, Tom Pelissero from the NFL Network. Follow the Pelissero, guys. Um, Man, it, it, it did you hear that? They was, might franchise tag him? That's crazy. I heard that. I wow. heard that. But the revelation was that Dak had another surgery on his ankle that was – so in the report, they said that obviously the, the initial surgery happened, but the primary concern was preventing infection, which we all kind of knew that. But that Dak went back in for a second procedure. Uh, was that something that was just supposed to happen or did that just – nobody just – nobody knew about it because – no one told anybody. <laughs> no, it sounds like it was something that was going to happen because when they went in there to do that first procedure, they found some other uh, previous injury stuff that he had that 
it just would make sense that while you're doing this rehab to go back in there completely clear it up. And I'm sure it probably helped with whatever they had done the first time to make sure everything was, you know, healing correctly and things like that. So I don't think it was like, you know, when you hear a second surgery and the injury is somewhat similar to what Alex Smith had, then people are just all, you know, automatically worrying like, Oh, is this going to be like some type of an infection thing where then, you know, Alex Smith has all these surgeries and it, it's not like that. It just, uh, it's just a second surgery to clean some other stuff up. So from what I've heard, it doesn't sound like it's any like major concern. It's not like a setback or anything like that. So, you know, he's on track to, uh, you know, he's supposed to be ready to do football things. I don't know if it'll be right when OTAs start, but you know, the plan this whole entire time is that he's going to be ready for, for training camp and to be a full go. So looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, so here's my question. I'll, will you guys go down a weird path with me for one second? I'm, yeah, and I'm not go. a conspiracy theorist guy. Oh, I am. Let's do it. Let's, because uh, the report, like, it, it very much feels like something, hey, we just need to put something out Cowboys related on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> right. No offense to the guys, but that's what it feels like. So, basically, let's say something's wrong. Okay, hypothetically. Hypothetically, what if something's wrong? If something is wrong with Dak that's preventing the Cowboys of signing him by March 9th, what if the Cowboys aren't 100% sold that Dak is healthy? What does that make you do when you think about the draft and think about the offseason? Uh, because I, I would say this, if they don't get the deal done by March 9th, that then leads into free agency. And if one of the first things the Cowboys do is sign Andy Dalton very quickly, I think that tells you bad news about Dak's ankle. It it, it does. Um, 
and I don't want to get too far off track because I, I like the topic and I like conspiracies. Uh, but I also want to say this, and I'm sure we'll get into some of this in a little bit, but what's going on right now in the NFL has changed how teams will be addressing quarterback. You know, there's, there's a time there where you think that, hey, if you're moving on, well, that means you're going to have to draft one rather high. Like the way these chips are falling, obviously with the Matthew Stafford thing, it sounds like something's about to happen with Carson Wentz. Um, you know, Deshaun Sam Watson. Darnold, yeah, Deshaun Watson, if they end up parting ways with him, like, I don't think this is some outlier, like one off, you know, off season and, and, and really tie it back into the Super Bowl too. Let's not act like there were so many teams that were interested in Tom Brady and what Tom Brady just accomplished. I think that also feeds into the idea that there's going to be teams out there willing to give up draft capital for a proven veteran. And I'm only saying at that position, at the quarterback position, because of things like, no, I'm not saying that people are going to, teams are going to be like, oh yeah, let's go get Matt Stafford. You know, Tom Brady's playing well into his 40s. Stafford can do that. No, I'm not saying that, but it certainly shows you that these veteran quarterbacks like that, if they're healthy, they can play a long time and that it's not like you have to go to next year necessarily to the next young one. And then the other thing that factors into that is just like how many of the young ones are hitting like for every Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, like how many other guys are there like Josh Rosen that teams have moved on from immediately? How many other guys are like Sam Darnold that they're ready to move on from Carson Wentz, Jared Goff. Like these are high draft picks, you know, obviously Mitch Trubisky, like, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily means like if Dak, if they have the questions about Dak that they're, and, and, and the other thing that factors in with me is just Jerry Jones and his age. Like I see Jerry Jones going that route of trading picks for a veteran from another team more so than I see him being like, um, well, if we can't get Dak re-signed, then we have to consider Mac Jones at 10 because why he's the next quarterback on your list. You know what I'm saying though? I don't, I don't think they would do it, but just yeah. the being like, well, four quarterbacks are gone and we need a quarterback and we're here at 10. So I know this is a little bit of a reach, but you know, we got to go get Max Jones because that was their perspective. Not that long ago, really 2016. That's why they were willing to trade up to get Paxton Lynch. Cause it was like, well, this is the last guy we have left on the, like who we think are the top level quarterbacks. So we're going to try and trade back into the back end of the first round and pair Paxton Lynch with being Tony Romo's backup. And then eventually Romo will hand the keys over to Paxton Lynch. Obviously that would have been a disaster, but I'm just saying, I don't think that you automatically just, if they're not, if they don't draft a quarterback, doesn't mean that they're not, they don't have other plans that they haven't been thinking about out there is what I'm saying. Yeah. And also, also along those lines, you know, I think it also goes back to the Mike McCarthy hire. The fact that the Cowboys are in a win now window. Um, when you when you look at the when you look at the past few Super Bowls or go however back long you want to, how often are rookie quarterbacks really or young quarterbacks really winning it or even really making it? I mean, Jared Goff a few years ago did, but other than that, it's veteran guys, and so that's why I think you know along with what John's saying. The fact that those guys are even available, but then look at the Cowboys. There's a reason why Mike McCarthy was hired and not Lincoln Riley or one one of these other young guys. The Cowboys want to win right now, and I think a veteran quarterback like Matthew Stafford um, or something like that, a, a Matthew Stafford type guy. Not obviously not him. He's 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 off, but um, that type of guy makes a lot more sense than a, than a guy you draft. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Um, I guess what I would say though is if you look at it in this scenario, and again, this is all you know hypothetical or whatever, but I, I do think you get to an issue if by March 9th you haven't signed Dak. 
Like, and then you get to the tag situation, and that's really not good for the Cowboys, to be honest. But, you know, that was kind of popping in my head. It was like, okay, so like there was a second surgery, and maybe it was planned. Um, but if it wasn't, is there something happening on Dak's end medically that's preventing the Cowboys from offering the five-year deal or the four-year deal that Dak wants? And I, I think anyone that's listened to the show knows where we most of us stand on this. I know I stand on signed Dak Mountain, uh, and I've been there for a long time. I will tell you that my quarterback, too, this year is Trey Lance from North Dakota State, and he's only played like 17 games. But, boy, if he's there at 10 and Dak is on a second franchise tag, I think you kind of got to consider it because you were probably looking at Dak not being here if he's on a second tag, to me. And if he gets to a second tag, I wouldn't read too much into the injury thing. If he gets to a second tag, I think it speaks even more to the case of like, we don't talk about this very much, but that maybe they just don't earn a hundred percent in on him. You know, I just, you have to factor that in. You don't think that because they say that they are, you know, and they've said it many a times, but then you also have to factor in, well, what else would you say? You know, you want, he's your franchise quarterback. He's the guy you have right now. And you like him at this price, but you don't love him at this price. And that yeah. that could be what they're going through right exactly now. Exactly what I was going to say. It's a difference between like and love, right? And it, and it's one. And once you go to the second franchise tag, you're in you're in Kirk Cousins Washington territory, um, and and so that's that that's kind of where I where, where the parallel I would draw. Yeah, and and if he doesn't get that, if he is forced to play under a sec, second franchise tag, there's no question that he's going to be like, okay, uh, um, there's no guarantees that he's going to do an Amari Cooper where he's like, yeah. I'll go out there, I'll, I'll see what's out there, and then I'll come back to you guys and give you a chance to match it. He's going to be furious if he has to play underneath his second tag. He certainly believes he's done enough to get a, a huge contract, and, and many people believe the same thing. And I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve that, but I'm saying that where we are today, you have to at least factor in that the Cowboys feel that way because actions speak louder than words, and the actions yeah. are that he hasn't signed yet. And that's a bold move to think you can win the lottery a third time because that's exactly right. what the hell happened. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm going to have to give you history. You guys know what happened. With oh, there's no question that. that this isn't like, a good way to go about it. <laughs> if you're going, okay, here's our top eight or top ten or whatever debate you want to have about what order he is in the league, and you go, you know what, not good enough. Right. Well, you better go sign Tom Brady then, you know? Or you better, you know, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. You better find a way to make a trade work in Houston for Deshaun Watson. Because cause you are playing with fire well, once Kansas again. Kansas City just lost the Super Bowl. Maybe Mahomes is available. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll take. We'll, we can hang on to that. Deal. He's got a ten-year contract. Would you? Um, oh, would you offer? Would you offer Houston Dak and number ten this year? Maybe a, I mean, maybe a pick next year for Deshaun. I I I think. Okay, I think it's real close, the Dak and Deshaun. Like, I don't think there's a huge difference. So, I would, no, I would not. I would not. Oh, wow. I I thought that was an easy yes. No, because I don't think Deshaun Watson is that much better than Dak. I don't even know that he is better than Dak. I'm, I'm I'm kind of with you, KT, and the big reason why is let's just look at the Super Bowl yesterday. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. If you don't have tackles, if you don't have guys that can block for a quarterback, and if you don't have a defense that can stop the other guy, 
it, you can only get so far. And so even so, if if you're looking at if they're both equal, and I, I I'm I'm actually I'm actually on both sides. Like I'm actually with Kent as well because. I, I do think Deshaun Watson, if, if you can get Jerry Jones and the Cowboys organization to commit to a guy, and if Deshaun Watson right, becomes right. that guy, then sure, like I'm with that. Um, talent-wise, though, so that's why I'm with Kent, but talent-wise, if they're both equal, then I need Dak, and I, I need that quarterback, but then I also, like this team, don't forget, like I know it's been over a month since Cowboys football has been played. This team has a lot of holes and they need that number 10 pick to fill a lot of those holes because even when you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're running for your life all day, you just can't win. And so I'm on both sides there, but the reason why Kent's thing makes sense is because we can't get the Cowboys to commit to a guy. If they can commit to Deshaun and we can stop talking every offseason about which quarterback is going to be under center long term, then I kind of understand that. I think Deshaun Watson has more talent. I just don't know if... I really do buy into it. I know some people might overrate this, but the fact that Dak is the unquestioned leader of this team and has gotten to that point, like, yeah, that doesn't really matter to me if, like, Dak's, like, the 20th best quarterback in the league or something like that. But the fact that he's in that conversation with those guys, like, that to me is the reason why why, why try and do a trade and, and mix things up. Might as well keep the guy that you have. That makes the most sense than... You know, you bring another guy in here. Let's say it's Deshaun Watson. There's no guarantee that he'll that he'll click with everybody as well as as Dak had. Now, some will say, "Hey, well, what if what is the cow? What have the Cowboys done up to this point? It's not like they're winning Super Bowls." And I get that, but I do think that there's a lot of room to grow with Dak. Still, I don't think he's a finished product. And to Sod's point, look at the season Deshaun Watson just had. Like Deshaun Watson had an amazing season, but he's with that awful team, and so there's only so much you can do. So I, I just hate the idea of giving up draft picks for any of these quarterbacks right now because they need so much help beyond just the quarterback position. And we all know that they're not going to do that in free agency. They're not going to all of a sudden spend on a guy. Like you're not going to sit there and like you know people bring up like Indomitian Sue to be is, is going to be a free agent. They're not going to go get Indomitian Sue. It's going to do the same. They're going to do the same stuff that they've been doing where they get you know kind of the bottom of the barrel guys that if hey something works out great, but they're not going to make any significant investments you know, in free agency. So how are they going to get better? It's going to be through the draft. So I just hate any scenario that involves them giving up high draft picks. Also, two things. One, Deshaun Watson, you just signed a $70 million, you know, guaranteed check, you know, last year. So, like, it is weird that you can just try to force your way out. Like, I think you should probably be prepared to be a Houston Texan next year. And B, Deshaun Watson, if you're upset with the politics down in Houston, I've got news for you, buddy. Ain't that different in Dallas? So, like, like oh, I don't I know st- about that though. I think, I think oh, what he's doing, I think he can force it. Like, like seriously, like I'm, I, I don't know. Really? Top my, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is why. Name a situation where someone's tried to force a trade in any sport within the last five years that it hasn't worked out for him. Everybody has gotten out of their deal. Like, I can't seriously think of a scenario where somebody was like really unhappy and hasn't gotten out. Of it. And I'm talking not just NFL. I'm talking everything. Well, what like what's more valuable? What's more? What's more valuable? Um, Deshaun Watson to the Texans or James Harden to the Rockets. If you if you do if you Deshaun play Watson the game the Texans. if you play the game long enough, they'll eventually give give you what you want. If you're not showing up to the facility and you're not doing it, like they'll give it's you what you want. He just signed a deal though. Yeah, he can't withhold I mean, services. I mean, that's I don't know. Kill, I mean, I, kill he, their he, cap. I don't, he's not going to get any of that money if he withholds services. So it's. 
He's maybe he wants spot. to be gone. Maybe he wants to be out of Houston that bad that he's willing to risk that. Yeah. So it's, maybe. Uh, it's September 10th on opening day or whenever opening day is. If he's not out there and he, I mean, come on, he's going to play. He's not going to just say, guys, no, told you I'm not going to play and sit I out mean, of here. That's what they said about Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's a little different and he lost. <laughs> like He did lose, but he did dude, sit out. I'm just saying, yeah. And I'm not, did, I, did I say Deshaun Watson's going to win this thing? I just said that. Don't yeah. rule out him getting moved. I just like, think. I just think it makes, it makes it makes more sense than I like to admit. That move because you send it, Dak it to the, you send Dak to the AFC. You don't have to see him. You get it. You get your quarterback who is a Dak like uh, player. You don't have to change a lot in your scheme. Uh, you know, I, I I just I don't think it's going to happen. But I think it makes Why sense. Why would Dak want to go to Houston? He has to sign this tag to even agree to this thing. Why would he want to go to that dumpster fire? That's a good and, point. And, That's a good point. And remember, remember how Jerry treats Houston, too. Jerry they're treats a rival. Houston like, like a rival, even though they're not at all. But I, I can't see that happening. Well, Jerry but thinks he's getting the better end of the deal. He will not mind sending Dak away if he thinks Deshaun is. Do you guys think Deshaun yeah. Watson's going to be with the Texans next season? I do. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't think he'll be there. I'm telling you, name, just, name somebody that has not gotten their way when they've really wanted saying, a star that's wanted to be forced out. So someone's going to come bail them back, bail them out. Well, it won't be the only way. The only way Deshaun Watson is not a Texan, a Texan this year is if they win a trade, and they're not going to win a trade when they have no leverage and they are complete morons running that circus. I, I was kind of with you until the Stafford trade because the Stafford trade to me. Looked, I, I mean, the, the Lions didn't have a ton of leverage there either, and they were still able to bank some draft picks, make it work. And Deshaun Watson's obviously better than Matthew Stafford, um, and so I think I, I think if they, they'll be able to get something with, with good value for Deshaun Watson, I look at Miami someone. for Deshaun. Oh, I, look I think at you, I, oh, Miami I think, sending Tua and some picks to uh, to well, Houston. Well, I'm just saying if 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 um, Carolina was willing to give up. Eight and Bridgewater for Matthew Stafford. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to give up. Where they why they wouldn't be willing to give up multiple first round picks for a guy that was a superstar at Clemson, like mm-hmm. to go to the Carolina Panthers. Like that seems like a perfect fit. Yep. And yeah. I think that they would give up the capital for it. I just think there's too many teams that need quarterbacks that are willing to to give up what it takes to go. Because you know what I, in a way, what I see is not only in the games. But just the way teams operate in the NFL, you just have seen a change to where just like everything seems like, at least if you're having success, it's the teams that are most aggressive. The 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 Bucks were aggressive about getting Tom Brady more so than anybody else, more so than the own than his own team that he won six Super Bowls with, and they and they were winners because of that, you know. Uh, I think the Lions are going to end up being winners for being aggressive with this whole move. And I think, honestly, it's so weird to say this because almost all trades are just one-sided. But I think the Rams are going to be rewarded for being super aggressive on their side of it. And, you know, and I, obviously you see that, you know, Andy Reid and you see Bruce Arians, two very aggressive coaches, the way they go about their 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 business. They both get to the Super Bowl. You know, a lot of stuff that I feel like, I just feel like everyone's, you know, willing to risk it more right now. Than we've we've seen before, and I think that more teams are willing to give up that draft capital now than maybe we are in previous years. And I'm only saying this about the quarterback to get the quarterback. I'm not saying they're willing to do that for other positions. But if you need that franchise quarterback, I just think teams are going to be willing to give something up. I think Houston's going to get a really good offer for him, and they're going to be like, "Hey, we got to take this." 
I, I want to be clear here. I think that Rams trade. I thought the, that was a terrible trade by the Rams. I thought that was horrible. Like, yeah, but it's not. About, but it's not if they get to the Super Bowl. It's not if they get to the Super Bowl, but they they don't care about their first round picks anyways. And right. I just don't think there's that many teams. And maybe it's different this year with no combine, very little interaction. I remember Matt Rule talking at the Senior Bowl, just talking about, "Hey, it was actually great. We get to kind of know these guys." He's talking about begging and pleading to let the Panthers be one of the teams at the Senior Bowl because he knew that the inter- face-to-face interaction and, and bonding with these draft prospects is going to be like way different. And I keep like had a leg up, so maybe teams are like, "Hey, I want. I'm just looking for picks in the next year. I, I, I could get out of my pick this year." But I, I, to, what would I'm you be willing that, to risk all those? Like, well, let's use the picks as an example. So you wouldn't be willing to risk all of the picks that they gave up, the Rams have given up over the years, if I give you Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and Matthew Stafford all in their primes? I just I feel like we, we're in an era now where it's like, I don't think Stafford's push, that good. Let's push all the chips in and let's do this, you know? I don't think there's a huge gap between Stafford and Goff. So just because oh, yeah, Sean, Sean McVay is mad at Jared Goff, I, I'm like, okay. Uh, nah, I, mean, I know Stafford's I know Stafford's better than Goff, like, I, yeah. but I don't, I don't think it's two first rounds better. And and I get it, the salary offset makes the it salary one first d- rounder. does make a big. If if Matthew Stafford's uh, contract was ex- the exact same contract as Jared Goff, then they're not giving up two first round picks, you know. But it's because of yeah. the fact that Stafford's contract is extremely team friendly, and then Goff's is well, you got to take a decent amount on there. But I don't know. I think I do it because what are you waiting for? Go get it. Should Dak want to stay in Dallas? That's the question here. That's, yeah. You know, because, you know, we could talk all day about we know the Cowboys want him and how they can they keep him here. Yeah. But, yeah. They, but this he, is a tough, this is a, this is, um, I think we should think hard about this because I, I think maybe we're, we're buying a little too much into the Dak wants to be a Cowboy and Dak loves it here. Dak. Dak just wants to be happy with with his teammates and all that. This is his one chance of his career to choose his future. Um, this is his one chance to basically secure himself financially and his family for the rest of their lives, and and to play in your prime for a franchise that could possibly go to a Super Bowl. So there's so much, so much on the line for Dak Prescott here, and it's not just um, I've been here. Let's do this. Let's just keep this thing rolling. I'm all hometown discount it, whatever. You know, let's just I'm tired of I'm tired of negotiating. I, I, I think we're 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 looking way too much into Dak's willingness to want to stay here. I, I just I'll just say that. Just um you know, I don't have a I wanna put a source out there or anything like that, but I think maybe Cowboys fans assume Dak wants to stay here more than he might want to stay here, if that makes sense. Well, I, I think it's bigger than the Cowboys thing. I, I think there's a lot of people that to your point, Kent, think of it because of the endorsements and think of it because he grew up a Cowboys fan and then obviously the huge brand that they are. But I would say, while all that matters, I would factor in a big time. When you start looking down the list of teams that need quarterbacks, I know that the Cowboys need to do a lot of things in defense to get to a Super Bowl level. They need to have a, a huge offseason, especially in the draft. But offensively, there's just so many great pieces around you that if you're Dak Prescott, like you got to love – one, you look at Patrick Mahomes running for his life yesterday with all these backups at offensive line. When you get Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, Zach Martin back, and even if one of those guys, let's say, doesn't get, let's say Tyron Smith retires or something like that, 
this is an organization that is, has shown an extreme commitment to build the offensive line. So if they need to draft another offensive lineman, invest there, they're going to do that for you. And then with the receiving weapons you have, he's obviously close with Ezekiel Elliott. He's obviously close with, with Kellen Moore. Like from his own production standpoint, just take the Cowboys out of it and just say he's with the, you know, Chicago Bears or, or you know, somebody like that right now. Like what they offer him, I, I, I would it'd be hard for me to pass it up because here's the thing, too, like with the whole contract thing, who are you mad at? You're mad at probably two people. Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Like, are you mad at the entire, are you mad at the, at the woman that works in the cafeteria? Are you mad at your teammates? Like none of them had a say in it at all. You're, you should be mad at like two people. Are, are you mad at the star, like the logo? Like you don't even want to wear that on your clothes. Like the fans have, I, I, for the most part, I know that there's always going to be fans that are critical, but for the most part, the fans love you. Your teammates love you. You're the unquestioned leader of this team. There's a lot more things about about being with the Cowboys that I think are advantageous to him than more so than the man Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are being cheap. Yeah, that should piss you off. I'm sure it does piss him off, but like I think that he can compartmentalize that and put that to the side and then see the other side of it. I think it's way more difficult when you're in a position where you you don't like your teammates, you know, you don't like the coaches you have, you don't think that the organization's heading in the right direction. If there's those are the issues, then it's easier to leave, but it, with everything else that's there, I, I just think that there's a lot of positives to staying as the Cowboys quarterback. Yeah, and I also think that the, what, what John's point there about the situation that he's in with especially Kellen Moore, but also the offensive weapons, that that's something that should be taken account to a lot more than just the aura of the Cowboys and, and oh, he'll have more sponsors, uh, you know, more opportunities off the field with endorsements and stuff. Dude, Baker Mayfield is in Cleveland. Dude is on my television every commercial break. Like you can, like this is the NFL. This is 2021. Uh, the Cowboys, yes, I'm sure the marketing opportunity is maybe a little bit better than other organizations and things like that. But it's not. I don't think it's anything drastically to where that factors in to your decision making. But I do think that the situation that he's in is really nice right now. And so I think that, you know, offensively and on the field. So I think that's something that, that probably should be a big reason why Dak maybe does want to stay. But, you know, with with, uh, with the way that the negotiations have gone, maybe you do get sour grapes. I don't know that. Yeah, and look, here's the deal. If they have to tag him and he gets $38 million guaranteed this year, that's better than he would have gotten on two years of signing a contract earlier. So you can almost look at it that way. Look at the money I've banked, and then open market, and then I think that's where your and that's where I think the Cowboys have, have this is where them farting around has putting them in a dangerous situation leverage wise because that's a situation where if someone else wants to blow your offer out of the water in year three after second franchise tag, well, Dak can highly consider that, and he doesn't have to take it, but he can highly consider that. And now you have to play ball with another team. Like you've had all this time to negotiate by yourself. It's almost like, hey, oh, here's a beautiful ribeye steak. It's cooked the way I like it. Um, oh, there's a napkin and a, and a fork and a knife there and also some delicious sides that I like as well. And no one is going to come steal this from me. Okay, I can sit here and eat this or I could be like, oh, Vikings. Oh, oh, wait, the, the Vikings are now cutting into my steak right now. Oh my god! But here's now the I'm problem, though. The, like, dude. But here's the problem, KT. You don't know. That's the way that you think. That's the way I think. You don't know. That's the way they think. They might think that they can easily get another steak. Like seriously, you can't rule that out with them. They all. They could look at it seriously. I. I, don't, I haven't heard anybody say this. I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not saying that this is the yeah. way they feel or anything. 
But like, there could be a part of them that thinks like, you know, you know what was so successful? Why he was able to step in right away in 2016 is because we built this offense so much for Romo to be Romo friendly that we built up the offensive line. We put these receivers around it. We invested the, you know, the fourth overall pick in Ezekiel Elliott. You know what? We can put another guy in there and he'll have all these weapons and he'll have this offensive line and that guy will have some similar success. He might not be as, as, as successful as Dak, but you know what? We won't have to invest as much money. I think that's that's a dangerous way to live, but you can't rule out that they're not thinking. That. I think they think if they if they had a full off season with Andy Dalton, I, I oh my oh, god, oh I, I really do think that's the way Jerry that's the way Jerry thinks. It's well, like, it, well, we've seen him. That. He's been in the playoffs before. We've seen him do it. We've seen him. We can do it again. We you know that you know yeah, I, I do really that. do. Go. I really, I, I don't know if they think the drop off is is that much more significant, and that's so sad. That is that is so sad. Um, but you know, that's that's kind of it's kind of where Jerry, uh, I think, falls on this. What, what's what's the worst stake that you can think of? And 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 and, 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 and hey, who is that quarterback? Go. Well, Dak's a ribeye steak, and we do <laughs> like ribeyes, but we're looking for a tomahawk. And, uh, <laughs> you know, John Stephen, John Stephen, John John Jones, like a sirloin, Andy Dalton is that, sirloin. Is that Jerry Jones over there? Or is that Bill Clinton? I think it's all of them. <laughs> okay. It's Arkansas in general. It's just Arkansas. <laughs> so hey, it's me, Mister Walton. Yeah, it's it's, it's Arkansas. What's the worst stake? Uh, seriously, like if you were somebody's like, oh, just like this is the. I, I don't know, like Golden Corral or something like that, maybe. I don't know, like a, I'm thinking like mass-produced steaks would be probably the worst. Is Golden Corral steak worse than like Chipotle steak? That's not a, yeah. that's not steak. That's like taco meat. Yeah, it's, I'm it's talking like to like filet. go get a steak, like a steak that well, you would steak, take a potato. It's like It's definitely steak. It's not taco meat. But. No, it's like carne asada steak. It's not like a. No, a that's ribeye. an option, yeah. but they also have steak. I'm trying, think think what's the of the, uh, I'm trying to think of what's the bottom of the. I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm a ribeye guy, but I mean, some people like t bones and things like that. For me, I like the ribeye. Um, oh, I don't like, even mean you know, the cut. I just mean like oh, okay. what you would just assume is just like you know, Applebee's like your, or something. like your high school, you know, hot lunch yeah. like yeah. steak or something. Yes. Yeah, Salisbury steak. Salisbury steak. Yeah, that's what it is. All right, who? Yeah. What quarterback is that? Andy Dalton. Oh, come on, he's better than that. Barely. No, like, he's Indonucci. That's got to be like Sage Rosenfels or something. It's got to be no, like that's hot dogs. Of- <laughs> <laughs> Are a whole you? Different uh, thing. Let's look around. Let's look around the the league <laughs> a little bit. And if you're Dak, what what um, what teams would you look at and say? If it wasn't Dallas, that that would be that would be where I'd want to go. I mean, because I really only two teams stick out to me, maybe three. And, uh, you know, I I think what Dak really has to consider is the defense. You know, we talk about weapons all the time, and can they protect Dak? Do they have a good running game? All that. But I think that Dak really needs a team with a defense that can hold up their end of the bargain way more than the Cowboys can. Um, And, you know, we've said this defense cannot be fixed in one offseason. Um you know, will it be three years before the defense is good enough to play at a Super Bowl level to, you know, go play against Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl and be able to shut him down? You know, I think that is seasons away. And so, you know, maybe that will weigh heavily into Dak's thinking is maybe I need to be with a team with a defense that's way more um, on the right track than what we are. So the teams I look at, 
would be uh, Chicago, uh, oh. I- Indianapolis, and um, look at uh, San Francisco as well. So those are the three Wait. places I would. Uh, and I would I put know, all of them I, behind. I would put if if this is me personally, I would put them all behind New England. I don't. Okay. I, they get the chance to play with Bill Belichick, uh, a highly motivated Bill Belichick after this most recent. I don't know. Ball. I um, does this does, does this yeah. uh, does does Brady just destroying in the playoffs and Super Bowl? I mean, does that like weaken Belichick's? Oh, did he? I don't did influence re- at all. I, did he retire? No, he didn't retire. But like, like you don't think he's going to coach for another ten years? You don't think oh, he's going to get back to another is, Super Bowl? But, but no. But what Buck, I what I buckle up, kids. What I'm saying is, is everyone just assumed that Brady was so good all those years because he was with Bill Belichick, and that as soon as he got to Tampa, he's like, yeah, okay, uh, just wait until a 43 year old quarterback goes down there, and we'll we'll see what happens, right? We were all saying it, John. You were saying it on this show. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see what Tampa can do, and then Brady. Just Brady that No, I, I, well, I would love to go back to the tape on that. I most certainly didn't. Sod knows, I say this all the time, that Tampa Bay team is not nearly as bad as people. I hate when people keep comparing it to previous Tampa Bay teams. That defense is dope. Like, this isn't the Tampa Bay team of, like, 10 years ago. Like, I don't think that anybody expected them to win the Super Bowl, but, like, to make the playoffs in that, I didn't know. They were playing Yolo Ball with Jameis, and they weren't, like, three wins or anything like that. That, that... That doesn't that doesn't do anything for me to take away from Bill Belichick though. Like well, Tom Brady's uh, great. I would never take that away. He's the greatest football player that's ever played. But then like all of a sudden like I feel like the everything's switching to kind of like, yeah, maybe Bill Belichick's overrated. No, he's the greatest coach that's ever coached. Watch what he does in the next few years. Like you think he's about to fall off? Buckle up. No, I th- I think there's there's I, I, while I agree with you John, there's one part of Bill Belichick's aura that does take a little bit of a hit. And, and Mike Sando wrote about this last night um, in, in in one of his pieces that you can't discount the fact how much Brady made the person. Now I agree, Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time, but when it, Bill Belichick is also the general manager there by by and large. And when you look at what Brady did in Tampa Bay, he signed there and brought Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown. Like these guys came because Brady came there, and Brady also made a lot of personnel decisions in New England a lot easier just by being there. I think now Bill Belichick, from a personnel standpoint, not a coaching standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, is going to have to do a lot more work because you can't just say, hey, you know what? Go play with Dion Branch, David Gibbons, and Troy Brown while I load up with Rodney Harrison and Teddy Bruschi and Willie McGinnis. And so now he's going to have to be a lot more of a complete complete person in that standpoint. And I think that's where Bill Belichick is going to have to make the biggest adjustment. I still think he's the greatest. Do you have any coach. doubts that he's going to do that? I, I have, but it's not all about him now. Now you have to get players to sign there. Like that's the thing where where before you didn't have to do that because Brady, like people want to play with Tom Brady. That was like, a report out there. The a few uh, I don't know last week I think on the Athletic that people you know anonymous Patriots players, former and current, were pulled, and the majority of them said they went there to play with Tom Brady, not to play for Bill Belichick. Right, oh, and, so, and I don't doubt any of that either. But I so mean, you, you guys really don't that. think that Bill Belichick is going to be able to find players? I mean, I mean, his oh, greatness is, is the fact that his greatness is the fact that like nobody can just really rattle off like all these Hall of Famers that he's coached outside of Tom Brady because he puts guys in position to win better so than any coach in this era by far. Like he'll find other guys. Like there's there's zero doubt in my mind about that. I have four teams that would be good for Dak. Oddly enough. They're all in the same division. 
Let me guess. All in the AFC uh, AFC South? They're not in the AFC. No, no. I was thinking Indianapolis. Because we're talking about the year after next, right, for the landing spot, because he plays on the tag this year. Ah, you're talking about the NFC South. I am talking about the NFC South. Yeah. Carolina Panthers with sharp teeth and claws. Brady's two-year contract runs up. Let's say his arm falls off this year. It won't. He'll be around forever. Uh, the Saints. What are they going to do? One year of like trying to figure it out? What are they going to do? And then the Falcons. I think four teams who are going to be looking for a quarterback sooner than later. Makes a little bit of sense that Dak could be a candidate to go there. Also, you know, there's a little bit of, hey, I'm from the Southeast, you know, that whole thing. So I think uh, I think the Saints, they'll find their guy this offseason. Um, they're not going to, Jameis Winston isn't going to sign for another one year deal. If they believe in Jameis, the way the reports are coming out of New Orleans, he'll get, he'll get more than one year. And if they don't believe in Jameis, then they're going to throw their hat in the ring with some of these other guys. And I feel like, I feel like the Saints will, will get their guy this off season. Um, I wanted to throw in one guy earlier, just, or one team earlier that Kent mentioned, uh, cause I want to bounce this one off you guys. And I know Kent, you'll, I mean, Kevin, you'll have a, uh, say on this just because of the teams we've watched over the years, but like. I don't know about you, but I just got this feeling coming from a cursed longtime Lions fan. I think the quarterback position's cursed in Chicago. I don't think it's really that great. Here's the pitch to Dak Prescott. Here's the pitch to Dak. You come in here and you're you're pretty much immediately the best quarterback in the the history of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and that might work, but I'm just saying, (laughs) like that history speaks Think about it. History speaks against Jim McMahon. (laughs) <laughs> history history says that you're probably not going to have success there as a quarterback. Right. But yeah, hey, they, maybe the they finally get it right. Quarterbacks, yeah, they're, they're, they they spit them out there. You're exactly right. But, I mean, was that the pitch that they told Nick Foles? But uh, that's worked I, out well. I think well. Mick, Nick Foles, is, it was more about his connection with uh, with the head coach. But yeah, um, That's the pitch they gave Mike Glennon. Yeah. Um, is that the right, pitch they, right. <laughs> the pitch they gave? <laughs> their Sorry. GM is, uh, is uh, Romo's buddy. So, yeah, maybe. Ryan Pace. Yep. Yep. We, uh, you know, and you look at the weapons in Chicago, you know, they've got, you know, Allen Robinson, you know, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet drafted, Jimmy Graham, David Montgomery, putting together that O-line. Uh, I don't know. It'd be intriguing for me. It's, I, I guess we just need to be aware of and cognizant of the fact that there's going to be some options out there for Dak if he wants to play hardball on this thing. And pick and choose Deshaun style where he wants to go and and all that. Um, he could certainly yeah. There do that. will be, but they might be, be fine are, with that though. Yeah. That's the if thing he that we have sign to factor tag, in. It's going to be like he's going to get just so much money. I mean, good God, <laughs> this team's going to be just falling themselves, falling over themselves if if uh, you know if they don't work out a deal and and they end up moving on. It's going to be insane. Oh, there's a lot of great options. There's a lot of great options. It goes beyond just those teams, too. I mean, uh, you you throw in the 49ers. We mentioned the Panthers earlier. I I mean, the ultimate ultimate slap in the face of the Cowboys would be as if he went to Washington. No chance. No, but but also, you know, I will say also Bob's column, I think it was a week or two ago, uh, where where he talked about this is all Dallas's fault, uh, how this has kind of transpired. I, I don't know if the Cowboys are just kind of oblivious to this. No matter whether it's Dak or another quarterback, it's only going to get more expensive if you're going to sign a guy of this caliber. It's never going to get cheaper. E- like you can either you can either admit your mistake and sign him this offseason. If you put him on another franchise tag, 
it only gets more expensive once the next guys do sign their deals. And so I think, you know, the Cowboys are just fooling themselves as they think they're, you know, doing themselves any favors by waiting this out. Yeah, my, my big thing on this is, like I said earlier, I just we don't know what, how 100% what they're thinking. We can only go off of what they say. And they might not look at it that way. They might seriously think that they have this great advantageous situation that they can make bad quarterbacks look okay, okay quarterbacks look good, and good quarterbacks look great. They might seriously believe that. They might feel because of their offensive line, their offensive receiving weapons, and their offensive coordinator that they obviously think a lot of, that they might think a lot of guys could have success here. And I think we would all agree that's a very dangerous way to live, but you have to factor that in because I think too many people from the outside just assume that the Cowboys feel the exact same way that we do. And I don't know, I mean, just judging by what they've done up to this point, I don't know that we can say that. They certainly look like a team that are are willing to roll the dice on another potential franchise tag with with Dak Prescott. And if that's the case, they're not stupid. They know if he goes to the second tag that there's a good chance he's not playing in Dallas in in three, uh, two years from now, that this will be the last year for him. So, and, and, and I don't think that's a good situation for anybody either, either, because while Dak will be really motivated from that, I don't know that he needs any motivation one. And two, if things start going wrong early in the season, like, I just think that it could really snowball in a bad direction for the entire team if, if you got this, your franchise quarterback that, keep in mind, the guys in the locker room feel the way that we do, that we're talking about right now, and if he's not signed, the way that they're looking at it is just kind of like, what are we even doing here? So, it could be really ugly if that's the way that they go about it. And then, here's here's the other part. Okay, so what? let's say you do the franchise tag there, and let's say you do take, like, a Trey Lance or something like that, then you're in that Eagle situation of this past year where it's like, all Dak has to do is have a couple of bad games. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's all the talk is like, maybe they need to just give Lance, you know, give, give, give Lance like a, a quarter. Let's just see what he can do. Let's just see what he can do out there. You know, and, 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 and who knows, like you don't want all those distractions either. That's not a good situation. Clearly it didn't work out well in Philadelphia. I'm with you on that, except for the fact that Lance only had, like he has under 20 games of college experience. So like, I don't think it's it's a little different than Jalen Hurts, who has a ton of experience. You know, you think you, that the that the outside public in the media is going to oh, care yeah. about that if he's on the Dallas Cowboys? But Trey Lance care. isn't making it past Philadelphia in the draft. There's no way. I don't think. Oh, another North Dakota State kid to Philadelphia. I think hard sell over there. I don't know. I I okay. He's a or, guy too, though. Or he, Carolina, there are teams that need quarterbacks ahead of Dallas. Yeah, for I, sure. Those guys, those top three guys. I mean, maybe even Zach Wilson. Oh, those I mean, top four guys are all going to be gone by number ten. I think guys, guys need a, teams need a quarterbacks in twenty seventeen, and and somehow if you were picking at ten, you still would have had a chance to get Patrick Mahomes. You know, Deshaun Watson fell in that draft. Like with them having four. Well, there's just so much. There's just there's not those pass rushers in this draft. There's just not those that that one number one corner in this draft it's just so much more quarterback top heavy than than maybe most years oh no and so much more teams need franchise quarterbacks than absolutely but i just i over the last 10 years probably 20 of following the draft closely i just don't i can't think of one draft where like the first 10 picks all went like everyone expected there's always stuff that's in there where you're just like they did what why did they do that and then all of a sudden and then this guy's still here at 10 like i think that if they went that way, I think there there will be one of those four quarterbacks still there at ten. I don't do think that think, it will be the best one out of the options there. But do you think on. at all that the uh, Will McClay, uh, you know, the scouting department personnel department is 
has been told by Jerry, it's like, hey, look look really hard at these quarterbacks because we do have a top ten pick. And probably you know, if we if we think we can draft one of these guys and he's gonna be better than Dak, then let's go that direction. Okay, okay, yeah. hold on here. For all the criticism Jerry Jones gets for being like the worst GM ever. Don't you want your GM to be doing that? Oh, I do. Like I no do, one's but, saying that but you. Do you think you, Jerry you need to draft is, strong, a guy, but is strongly considering like uh, not going the sign Dak or go get a veteran like that? That like drafting a guy at ten and realistically yeah. he could yeah. be a starter this year is an option. If he's a good businessman like he like he is, he should be considering all options. Absolutely, yeah. they should yeah. be factoring all of that in. There's no there's no doubt about that, especially because of the fact that like quarterback is just so important. You know, I mean, it's just it's so much more important than anything else. And who knows what happens between now and April? Like they could think that, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're we're good. Like we've already talked to Dak multiple times. This contract's going to get done. And then all of a sudden something falls through in the last minute. Like you have to be prepared for all situations like that. Like, man, that would be bad if they weren't preparing for that. Now, I I know they'll be prepared, but I'm just wondering if if maybe we're not putting enough emphasis on they could draft a quarterback instead of sign Dak or no, go, go a it, different direction. It definitely. And, and you know what? It's, it's, it's February 8th as we record this. That'll be a whole nother step in that direction on March 9th. Because yeah. you've had your chance here. But if they think they can – and think of it too. If, if their whole idea too is like, hey, quarterback on the cheap, Trey Lance is a guy you can just let him run for 20, 30 times a game. I'm not talking about this upcoming season. He would sit for a year while Dak's on the tag, and then he takes over, which is pretty ideal for Trey Lance sitting a year, honestly, for him, as he's young and doesn't have a ton of college experience. Boom. Sit for one year. Dak's gone after the tag, and he's a guy you you don't have to worry about preserving him because I don't know if you're with Trey Lance. They may treat him like, oh, dude, you just run it 20 times a game too. That's you know? okay. Again, if this team was rebuilding, I, I'd be fine with this. But like the fact that they brought in Mike McCarthy, that they're doing, I mean, that even after the first season of just a div- disaster on defense, they already are like, no, 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 we're going, we're going to get Dan Quinn. We're fixing this defense. We're here to win now. This is, we hired this coaching staff to take the next step. What a distraction that would be to bring in this yeah. other quarterback. Like I, that's the type of stuff that could potentially divide locker rooms. Like did, that just is not, that does not sound like well, a good plan for 2021. Do we overestimate why they brought McCarthy in here? Uh, I wonder, I really honestly wonder what Mike McCarthy, you know, if Dak wasn't here, for instance, let's say he's hired this year and there's more of an open window for him at quarterback. I wonder what, if he had it his way, what direction they would go at quarterback. Oh, they would be going after a veteran. They would be going after a veteran right now. What style of play though? You know, what kind of player... Um, okay, you know, if what Dak was gone, they have that kind of. They thing. would they would have been offering pick ten and something else for Matthew Stafford. They would have been they would have been yeah. having Kellen Moore, a guy that's good friends with Stafford, Mike McCarthy, a guy that's coach against Stafford. They would have been all in on, on making that move. And if not him, they would be going after another veteran. I do not see Mike McCarthy wanting to go and use use a, a high first round pick and, and developing a quarterback over the next year, two, three. He might not be the coach in another year, two or three. He, he needs to win now. So that's another factor, and that's why. Yeah, you have to study these quarterbacks, but I just really think that if their long-term plan isn't Dak Prescott, I, I think that they're going to kick the tires on a, on a veteran. Yeah, and I think I think also you have to be careful when you do draft these young guys to to sit behind veterans. I mean, it, it's fine if if it's Jordan Love behind Aaron Rodgers because he's Aaron freaking Rodgers. But like like John said, I think very highly of Dak. Dak is not 
in the same breath as Aaron Rodgers. He's closer to the stratosphere of what Carson Wentz was before this season than uh, than what Aaron Rodgers is now. So I think that's why you have to be very careful and see what happened in Philadelphia and not think that, you know what, look, Packers drafted Jordan Love and it motivated Aaron Rodgers to the best year of his career. No, no, no. That, that's Aaron Rodgers. Dak is not that. So you have to be very careful about how you treat that. Yeah, and you can't expect it to go as smoothly as uh, I was trying to think of another scenario off the top of my head where that worked out. I was going to say when they basically did the transition from Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes, like that's a different scenario than this right. is too. You know, there's guys. I don't. I find it hard to believe that guys in Kansas City bought in that Alex Smith was going to be their long-term franchise quarterback at that point. Like you knew that the the future was coming. This locker room believes that Dak Prescott is their long-term quarterback. So all of a sudden to bring in another guy there with a top ten pick, I don't know. I think there could be a lot of problems <laughs> also there. Believe- they also believe Zeke is their long-term running back and Jalen Smith is their long-term linebacker. Do you think they do now, though? They did at a time, but I don't think they do now. I don't know. COVID, they obviously man. did when they, they, when they gave him the locker room con- very much. Hard to know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they obviously did when they gave him those contracts, but I find it hard to believe that they still hey, feel that Hey, John, right now. John, just watch yes. the tape. Watch the tape. Just bro. watch the tape, man. Just watch the tape. <laughs> okay, I will. Were you there? I will say, watch like, it, I was watch, there. I was there. <laughs> I want to go. I, I can't wait to go back and watch the tape of that Super Bowl, though. Just because. Oh my of, God, kill me! I, I just no. I mean, at least what they did on defense, Tampa Bay. Like the, oh. the fact that like they could get all their yeah. pressure from their front four like that and just play those those safeties too deep in the backfield like that. Where I mean, to really do what they did to Patrick Mahomes in that offense, I mean, it's just it's really Patrick stunning. Patrick Mahomes had no touchdowns. Yeah. It's almost None. like. It's almost like uh, Namakon Sue's a good player. Um, it's almost like having a one technique who can do a little bit of both, clog the run game, and have a little bit of pressure. Like Vita Vea coming back. Like the, the Bucks did the exact same thing they did to the Packers and the exact same thing they did to the Saints. It's almost like, as yeah. if like... That's um, what they did. It's like easy. We won the line of scrimmage all game long. It's almost good as luck. if defense... Uh, is important to win championships. Yeah, uh, that's yes. what, well, no, that's what I mean, it, and you look at last year in the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, they were good, but like Chris Jones dominated that game last year. Frank Clark dominated that game last year. Like you have the other side of the the equation has to contribute something. Like, they, well, this is a. Uh, Gonna, and, and and I don't know that the de- that their defense doesn't play better in that game if they're not penalized as much as they are. I mean, that right. was an outlier for them. They're not penalized like that on the back end of their defense. Like, they play yeah. a physical brand of defense like Seattle did for a long time. That it's like, well, are they really going to call all these? And they were calling all of them. So it's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Kansas City doesn't have a good defense or anything like that. I will factor in this, though, too. And I think it's interesting that I wonder how much the magnitude of that big stage plays too, in terms of things kind of uh, snowballing in, in in a wrong direction because of just knowing how big every play is. And that I just think the pressure is so so huge that as as much as Kansas City has played these last couple of years, where it just seems like I mean they really do remind me of like the Golden State Warriors of just like where it's like nothing phases them or whatever, but like. In a one-game elimination like that, I just feel like, man, right before half, like Tyron Matthews getting into it with Tom Brady, yelling at refs, getting, you know, on sports my conduct. The way you unravel like that, it just, in that one game like that, it just seems like it's so hard to get that thing back on track like that. And, um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that, that Kansas City, you know, just has like a bad defense or something like that, that they didn't invest there. If no. anything, if anything, this is probably the best defense that they're going to have for a few years, because it's going to be hard to pay guys now that you gave Mahomes that contract and you gave Chris Jones that contract. Yeah, I, I, I think one part that did kind of stand out to me is kind of ironic and kind of funny is that 
is that Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, he was the defensive coordinator in 2007 for the Giants when with the front four alone, that's what that's what the Giants did to Tom Brady, right? Like they 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 took they brought the pressure with just the front four and they were able to dominate that 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 game that Super Bowl in 2007. And so I thought it was ironic that you know the kind the flip the the script was kind of flipped there. But also you know back to Patrick Mahomes for a second, there, there was a lot of absurd stats that were thrown out there last night with like you know Tom Brady more Super Bowls than every franchise or whatever else. I think the most absurd stat to me was that last night was the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career he lost by like double digits. That's that's just crazy. Well, not only that, but just the fact that he was running for his life and still getting off the throws that he did that were like yeah. on the money. And you're just like, you, at some point you could tell like even the receivers were probably <clears throat> like surprised that the ball even got there because he was throwing it like completely uh, even with the ground where you're just like, <laughs> there's no way he got that thing off. Um, yeah, no, it's... It's crazy how talented he is, and and for them to like play that way is just so stunning. If I didn't watch that game and you told me that that's what happened, that was the final score, I mean, I would just I'd have to go back and watch it because I would I just wouldn't even believe it. I just didn't even believe it. Like I mean, and and hey, all props to the Bucks defense. They're loaded. They they have playmakers on all three levels. Hey, but to just do that, like I'm just like I don't know. If anything, if you want to tie it back to the Cowboys, it speaks to. Uh, for as much as you can bash the Cowboys about different things, like it's smart to invest in an offensive line because as good as that as that Bucks front is, I find it very hard to believe they're getting consistent pressure like they were. If you have Mitchell Schwartz out there, if you have Eric Fisher out there, like yeah. the, obviously those guys, I mean Shaq Barrett, JPP, those guys are going to get in there, but they're not going to get in there the way that they were, where it was like, hey, again tying it back to the Cowboys, kind of reminds you a little bit of after Lyle and Tyron Smith went down, some of the offensive line play that we saw here. It's like. I don't care who you are as a quarterback. You're not. You're gonna, not going to succeed when they're just getting four guys pressuring and they're allowed to drop back. Uh, you know their safety is too deep. Like, what are you going to really do? There's only so many players out on the field. There's only so many things that you can do. So you need to protect your quarterback. So, you know, anybody yeah. that thinks that they just wasted picks on on offensive linemen, obviously, you know, getting Frederick, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, that, that that's a that's a huge deal. Yeah, real quick, one last one last one little Cowboys tie that I thought of yesterday. It hit me when I was watching it was was also Devin White like if you like he's the best I I think he's arguably the best player on that defense and when you look at that and you look at the Cowboys either Leighton Vanderish can't stay healthy if he's supposed to play that role or the other guy is Jalen Smith and I'm not saying you know you go draft you know Micah Parsons or anything like that I'm just saying it's kind of troubling that the the leader of that defense the best player on that defense is Devin White and your alternative is either a guy that can't stay healthy or a guy that just isn't good. And that's that's kind of troubling. Yeah, the one thing, the one well, positive, though, that you can take away from it from the other side is that that is one way to go about it. You do need, it's great to, when you invest high in the draft and a linebacker, you want him to be Devin White. But then you have the Chiefs that have also shown you that not so much yesterday, but the year before, they were able to get it done a lot with, with Damian Wilson, and Anthony Hitchens, guys you can find in the fourth round that are just solid if you have if you have good play up front, you know, that can kind of mask some of that stuff. So I guess what I'm getting at is that if it doesn't work out with Jalen and Layton, it's not like, uh, well, now we got to draft another linebacker in the first round, and we better use a high second round pick on another linebacker. Like you can probably get the job done if you have some decent pass rush with maybe some guys you can find in the third, fourth round. They're not going to be the playmakers that Devin White is, but there is more than one way to win at that position. And also, you can remake your secondary through a draft real quickly. You look at 
uh, Jamel Dean from Auburn. Antoine Winfield uh, does not seem like a player the Cowboys would have drafted. Don't ask me why, but he seems yeah. like a ball player. Antoine Winfield, uh, Bunting, uh, Bunting Murphy. You know, like the, all these guys. And they only took the shot at Vernon Hargraves like six years ago. And that didn't work out. But they proved It is pretty quickly, interesting. You can hey, turn around is, a secondary very quickly. Right. But it is interesting that – uh, those two teams that did make it to the Super Bowl, and I thought were you know clearly the two best teams in the league this past year. Not a lot of great cornerback play, though. Not great cornerback play, but really good safety play. Yeah, with the yeah. Chiefs with the with the, with the Honey Badger and he kind right. of linebacker too. You, you know? um, um, and Juan Thornhill, you know. Who yeah, we all, we all know real well around here. So yeah, and um, and uh, you know who led the the Chiefs in tackles uh, yesterday. <laughs> As uh, Damian Wilson, right. would have been Damian nice Wilson. to have had him signed uh, when he was here. You know, he ended up him and Anthony Hitchens. Man, I don't know if they, that offseason if they get they would have signed those two guys. Like, I don't know. You, we might be in a better place than if we had drafted Leighton Van Der Esch and no, Jalen Smith and all that. Like, the, yeah, no, know. they would have. Been, they would have been, but hindsight's twenty twenty, and they really yeah. believed that Jalen Smith um, was going to turn back into the linebacker. They was for Notre Dame, and if he is that linebacker, then to Saad's point, then that's a, that is a, a Devin White-type player. Yeah. You look at uh, Tampa Bay and, uh, you know, Devin White, Levante David. I think Levante David is among the most underrated players of his of his time, really. Yeah, I mean, incredible. he's an, he's an yeah. incredible, incredible player. And the way they built that defense, I mean, that is a template for – the Dallas Cowboys, Vita Vea, right? <laughs> Imagine mm-hmm. if the Cowboys had a guy, a guy like Vita Vea on that defensive line, you know? Shaq, Shaq Barrett, JPP? No, I mean... Dominican Sue, right? You yeah. Know? These Sue guys, Carlton Davis, McCoy. you know? These guys are... These guys are are, are machines. And so, um, you know, Antoine Winfield Jr., too, you know? So these guys... If I was, if I was Dallas, man, I would... <laughs> You've got to you've got to invest in the defense, man. You you, you just have to, and I, I just hope this draft is is all defense. And uh, we'll we'll find out. We got a lot Whoa. we got a lot to talk about here in, in March. I think they're gonna they're gonna sign a lot of a lot of veteran defenders and free agency. Maybe we'll get get a little Legion of Boom reunion here with uh, Dan Quinn and some some former uh, Legion of Boom players. Maybe an Earl Thomas or a uh, Richard Sermon. Uh, maybe did we really did you really say KJ Wright? KJ Wright, Bruce Irvin. Well, 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 hey, we're not going anywhere. We'll be around uh, here on The Athletic. Uh, John Machado, an article up today uh, about the Cowboys. Go right there right now. What do they need to do to make it to the Super Bowl? You can go do some reading after listening to John. Saad Youssef, our Stars beat writer. These Dallas Stars are pretty good here, Saad. Got a good team. How about that? Yeah, they're the they're the face of DFW sports success right now, so why wouldn't you want to hop on that bandwagon? Levi Weaver, what happened with that uh, Elvis Andrews trade? <laughs> Got to go to the Athletic and find out. Hey, Tim Cato, are the Mavs going to be better? Hey, yeah, tell us. He'll tell us. Um, all kinds of stuff. Jamie Newberg, Bob Sturm as well, doing great coverage here at the Athletic DFW. Of course, our producer here, Kent Garrison, producing many of the podcasts that you love. Uh, this one, hopefully you love it. And uh, from a national perspective as well, check out that NFL show with the uh, Robert Mays, the old prospects to pros with Dane Brugler. Oh, yeah. Um, for Father John Mashoda, for Saad Youssef, and for our producer, Kit Garrison, we'll be back sometime in the near future to talk Cowboys with you. I'm KT. It's been another episode of About Them Cowboys. See ya.
Y'all stay corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>